You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Yeah, oh yeah, if they were $5 beer, I probably wouldn't even be in my seat. <laughs> you just pound them. Yeah, I, I would just sit at the bottom of the stairs and go from the beer line to the mini donut line and just keep going back and forth. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, Brazilian Thai. I understand at the time of this recording, there could be a tornado coming down the block. Uh, it, it's clear for now. <laughs> uh, well, I'm under a severe thunderstorm watch, too. What's, what's yes. going on there? It, it, seem, it seems to be the entire province. Um, from, from where I can see through my balcony doors... It looks clear, but there is clouds moving in, and the wind has picked up a little bit. I texted mom earlier today and told her, yeah, the storm chases are in Vermilion. She's like, yeah, I spent all day washing bedding. The basement's ready for you. So <laughs> I, I, I do have somewhere to go if if stuff goes south. That's good. I, I would have to probably go bother my my sister. But first, I would have to go get supplies because today it's Christmas in July. It's 7-Eleven Day, baby. Oh, just the best. <laughs> I I don't know. Do I feel like I kind of have to, I don't know, explain my obsession with 7-Eleven. My, my mom worked there for most of my life, not only my adult life, but most of my life as a manager and a field consultant. So I, I grew up in one of those stores, man, and I would say... Uh, and half a block from it. <laughs> that, too. That totally helped. It was the craziest thing. When I moved to Edmonton for college, I was like, well, don't you guys... I, I, I mentioned I was going to go get Slurpees, and they all looked at me like I had three eyes. And I'm like, the, the, isn't that a thing? Like, what's wrong with you guys? No, that's we don't go to 7-Eleven. And I don't know if it was my class, but I uh, opened up their eyes. I uh, converted them by the end of first semester. And I got to tell you, man, still bringing the best classic chicken to this day. You, you said you got. You could say that you got them drinking the Kool-Aid. I did. <laughs> so go get your free Slurpees if you're listening to this on Thursday. You can't turn those down. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Oh, week five is a fun, fun week. We start off with the Edmonton Eskimos coming off a bye as they head to BC to take on their four, former quarterback, Again, uh, I, I, this is a tough game to predict, I think, and it's it's going to be tough to see what happens here. Uh, the Lions, they went to Toronto last week, and they got their first win of the season, but I don't think it was as convincing as a lot of people thought it was going to be, considering how the Argos had looked before last week. And considering BC came in as double-digit favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they were, and they, they won by a single. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, and I mean, last time these two teams met, Edmonton sacked Mike Riley seven times. Yeah. The O-line play for BC wasn't very good. Uh, and, and I know we, we say that BC at home, especially once the season gets going, is just so tough. But Edmonton has the advantage a little bit uh, coming off the bye. Uh, and, and BC on a relatively short week playing Saturday night. So we, we and we saw this last week with with Saskatchewan playing Monday and then having to play again Saturday. So it's it's a short rest period, uh, and you know the the way the last game kind of shook out, BC hasn't done much to change my opinion uh, as far as they're concerned. And Edmonton coming off a bye, I mean seven and four since twenty twelve, uh, and I know it's BC and BC at home, but still it's just the way Edmonton played last time just makes me lean that way. Yeah, it's really tough not to just look at what happened last time. And I know it was in in, in Edmonton, and the defense was really uh, playing with all of their emotions and seven sacks. And you know, it could have been double digits if a lot of them didn't get called back because of roughing mm-hmm. the passer. So I don't know. BC is going to have to make some major adjustments. But again, yeah, they're they're only got the five days here. Uh, to prepare for the Eskimos coming into town here. But they are going to get some help in the receiving core. Uh, Brian Burnham has been practicing and should be ready to go on Thursday. That is going to be uh, major for that team because Mm -hmm. the receiving core last week against Toronto didn't get anything done. And Rashawn Simonize came in. He played in Burnham's spot. He seems to be his backup at slot back. But... Burnham is clearly the kind of the catalyst in that receiving core. I know Lamar Durant's having some success to start the season, but without Burnham, they just couldn't do anything. No, and Burnham's going to draw that number one matchup, whether it be Trey Roberson when they're playing Calgary or a guy like Nick Marshall or Ed Ganey when they're playing Saskatchewan. That kind of matchup, he's going to get uh, the defense's best uh pass defender on him, so it opens up a lot of stuff for, like you said, Lamar Durant, even Duran Carter. Uh, and when he's not in the lineup, you see the difference it makes as everybody kind of is, is slotted one spot up, kind of not where they're supposed to be or not the matchups that they're used to. Kind of like you see in hockey where when a guy goes up and you, you get – or a guy goes down with injury and you get kind of bumped up and, and you're getting different matchups and they're just not favorable to you because you're not slotted properly. Uh, so with Brian Burnham coming back, that's going to be huge. Uh, you know, he's got th- – Mike Riley will have now three – Really good options. I mean, Durant has scored a touchdown in every game this year. Uh, Duran Carter, once he gets going, is going to be a very good option. Uh, and Brian Burnham, of course, catches basically anything that you throw on him. And then you throw John White out of the backfield into that kind of a foursome for the offense to go along with Mike Riley. I mean, it looks like it should be really hard to stop this offense, but they just haven't got it going yet. They've also made a signing. Uh, Josh Bartell, former Rough Rider, is signed with the BC Lions, and you can see why, because they are last in punting mm-hmm. average and also net punting average, where they are averaging 29.9 yards per punt. Oh, I can do that. <laughs> you can see why they ended up signing Bartell here. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, in the CFL, especially special teams, is such a big aspect. Uh, it becomes a, a battle of field position a lot of nights until one team can break through with a score. Uh, and, you know, if you, if you can pin a team deep and they can't do anything, it just it gives you a shorter field uh, and just it's easier to score points, obviously, with a shorter field. So, if you don't have a guy who can get you 
you know, 45 to 50 yards on a punt, uh, you know, and, and some of that's going to be your cover team and everything too. But when the punt isn't going very far, uh, it doesn't bode well for your special teams, and which doesn't bode well for your defense having to defend such a short field. And if there's a positive for the BC Lions, it is that they have gotten John White going since mm-hmm. that uh, game when Ed, with Edmonton last month because their their first game of the season against Winnipeg, John White had four carries. Uh, then their game against Edmonton, he only had eight carries. But since then, John White has shown that, hey, this is why it was such a big deal that the Lions ended up signing him because mm-hmm. against Calgary, he had a great day. He had 14 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown, but he also had 87 yards receiving. And then last mm-hmm. week against Toronto, he had himself another nice week, 138 yards, 22 carries, one touchdown. If they're willing to commit to the run against Edmonton, that should be able to slow down that blitz. Oh, absolutely. If they can if they can get John White going early and establish it and stick with it, uh, the defense isn't going to be able to just pin their ears back and go after Mike Riley again. Uh, and, you know, now he's starting to get established. It helps going against the worst rush defense in the league in Toronto, allowing the most yards last week. Uh, that gives him a little bit of confidence. Maybe that gives the coaching staff confidence in, in, you know, giving him the ball more and getting him more touches. And, like I said, if you can balance the offense a little and not be – so pass heavy like they were early in the year and letting defenses just pin their ears back it'll make a huge difference uh, for that bc offensive line i do want to mention some off the field eskimo news they had some low attendance for the first couple games of the season which Mm -hmm. was a bit surprising especially considering one of those games was Mike Riley and the BC Lions coming to Commonwealth Stadium. So they ended up sending out a couple of surveys to uh, season ticket holders, and they really are putting things into action here. They don't play again at home for another two weeks, so it's hard for a team to keep up momentum in that market when there's a month between games, but they have basically created... $22 general admission tickets in the north end zone where they have reopened that bar in that end zone on the big dip at Commonwealth Mm -hmm. Stadium for the past, I think it's been over a decade really, they have had advertisements tarping off the seats in that area. They did open them up for the West Final against Calgary in 2015 and it was the best atmosphere at Commonwealth Stadium other than a Grey Cup in a long, long time. And they're going to be offering free admission to kids this summer, not just 12 and under, 17 and under. And I know the Eskimos have a little bit of flexibility with that big stadium of theirs, but get people in the park. That is the first step. So props to the Mm -hmm. Eskimos for doing this. Yeah, and, and it makes it more affordable where a family of four isn't having to buy four tickets. Right, you can buy the two adults have their tickets, and the kids get in for free, and it makes a more affordable night. And you know, you can buy stuff at the concessions, which, I mean, if if ticket prices are a little lower, and you can still make money at the concessions, you're not you're losing a little bit of gate. But I mean, concessions are where you're going to make a lot of money too. Uh, and you know, like we we see it in Regina, where it's four hundred dollars to take four people to a game, and the and the food prices and all this stuff, it it, it gets to a point where it's just not a it's not an affordable night out. So you know, for them to do the $22 general admission tickets. I mean, 44 bucks gets it gets two adults and then you can take your two kids and you can still you can use the money that you would use on your kids ticket to buy a couple of beer. Like I mean, it, it's just it 
it's a perfect storm, really. Uh, you get people in there. The more people, the better the atmosphere, and it just makes it more fun. And, you know, you get kids in. Parents are more willing to bring their kids because it's cheaper now. And, you know, you can uh, start to develop a whole new crop of fans. Such a delicate balance because, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago, I felt like attendance was great, but it was a young, party-hardy crowd. and mm-hmm. It's like a college game. <laughs> oh, some of the atmosphere at those games, there were fights in the stands, there were streakers yeah. on the field. And I think that maybe pushed some families away. I have heard guys say that I'm not taking my kids to a Labor Day Classic in Calgary anymore because I know oh, how, it gets, I wouldn't. how it gets to be between Stampeder and Eskimo fans. So on one mm-hmm. hand, you want the more, you do want that awesome atmosphere at a game, but you want families to be able to go as well to bring yes. up those young kids as fans for life. It's such a delicate balance here. And you got to toe the line and you got to find that balance and, you know, if that means like, and they cut off alcohol sales in the third quarter, which I've always hated. Cause I mean, you know, I, I can't go get another beer, but at the same time I get it because you have the people that are only there to party. Oh yeah. Right. And they will drink 10 or 12 beer. And you know, that's when, that's when stuff goes south. That's and probably part of the reason why beers are nine twenty five each. Because that, that might have something to do with it too. Like, I mean, you're five bucks each. two beer. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, if they were $5 beer, I probably wouldn't even be in my seat. <laughs> you just pound them. Yeah, I, I would just sit at the bottom of the stairs and go from the beer line to the mini donut line and just keep going back and forth. <laughs> uh, on the field news for the Eskimos, they end up releasing running back Jordan Robinson, wide receiver Bryce Bobo, and defensive lineman Darius Jackson. But making his season debut for the Edmonton Eskimos was a... Much hyped signing for the team. Wide receiver Devaris Daniels is finally going to be playing for the Eskimos. I don't know the chemistry he has built with uh, Trevor Harris yet. He hasn't had a 1,000-yard season yet, but he also hasn't had an 18-game season Mm -hmm. either. He had uh, 12 games and 747 yards last year. He had uh, 13 games in 2017, 743 yards, and in 2016, 11 games, 885 yards. And over those three seasons, in 36 games, he has 20 touchdowns. So he is a game-changing receiver, a big target for Trevor Harris, 6'1", 203 pounds. He's still only 26, and I got to like that the kid went to Notre Dame. I don't care what you say, Brazilian tie, but if he's on the right page with Trevor Harris, that's big for the mm-hmm. Eskimo offense. Well, I need Adam to receiving court with Greg Ellenson, Kenny Stafford, who's been really good this year, and Ricky Collins. Uh, they've all had they've all had their moments in the sun. So I mean, if though if Tavares Daniels, assuming that he has the chemistry, or he doesn't need the chemistry that Greg Ellison has with Trevor Harris, but just the comfortability and knows the system, uh, those four guys could could be a huge asset for Trevor Harris. And you throw C.J. Gable in the backfield, and and you know that, that that's a five that can do some damage. Uh, C.J. Gable did not practice on. Sunday, but he did return on Monday. So the Eskimos did activate Shaq Cooper off of the six-game injured list, and he made his first appearance on the field since training camp. And they've also had to make a ratio flip by getting uh, offensive lineman Jacob Ruby back 
into the lineup. So the Eskimos have made some changes. It does look like they're almost on full strength on offense. The defense, mm-hmm. it's only Larry Dean. I know Unamba and Santos Knox are out, but uh, the offense is in full strength. And with the way the BC defense has looked, uh, it's really tempting not to load up with Eskimos or to, to load up point. with Eskimos. To a point, uh, you know, there, there's still some some pieces of that BC defense that can that can force the issue. And like you look at a guy like TJ Lee who didn't really give up a lot until you know the fourth quarter against Calgary, um, and they still have Odell Willis on the defensive end spot. But I mean, to, if you want to load up with Eskimos, it's it's not the worst idea in the world. The BC Lions do lead the league in a bad way in giving up passing touchdowns. Ten of them. The next closest team is Toronto and Saskatchewan with seven. So Trevor Harris is going to cost you at over $11,000. And Greg Ellingson is going to cost you at over $9,000. But the BC secondary has looked questionable at times this season. But Clay Brooks should hopefully have them ready to go this week at, at BC Place. And, and you look at it, like Trevor Harris, like you said, over 11,000, 21.4 points in eight starts uh, against BC. Greg Ellenson averages 16.6 uh, in his 12 games, and it's kind of a drop-off. And, I mean, Tavon Smith in the one game that he's played uh, against BC got 15.3 points, uh, but his career average is seven. So, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into that sample size. Toronto is in Winnipeg for Friday Night Football. The Bombers are looking to move to 4-0 for the first time since 2003, and that Bomber defense has not allowed a touchdown in 10 quarters. After Toronto's loss to BC last week, they have made some changes. Uh, They have released kicker Drew Brown, who had a rough game (laughs) against (laughs) uh, the Lions last week, and they have brought in Tyler Crepinia. They've also released defensive back Cresden Butler, who was only there for about a week and a half on the practice roster. They've released Corey Poop Johnson and <laughs> Tyrell Sutton. I, f- I feel like there's uh-huh. some talent there. I, I I don't think he's done. I I mean, they brought six running backs, seven running backs into camp, and you know they're they 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 go with James Wilder Jr. as a starter, and then they don't give him the ball. Well, and he's not so, getting it done either. <laughs> no, I, well, not so. I mean, there's other options, and they're not using them. It, they're basically just running with what they've come with out of camp, and it, and now releasing Terrell Sutton. He's gonna. I, I think he catches on somewhere. Uh, I mean, the cap is gonna obviously gonna be an issue, but um, yeah, that and, and Creston Butler and and you know Poop Johnson. I mean, they're they're these guys are all have all been around and been in the league enough where they, they can contribute, uh, maybe not as a starter uh, necessarily, but definitely add some depth and some veteran presence on, on a roster. Wilder is younger. He's only 27 years old. Uh, he only has 22 carries through three games on the season. Mm-hmm. And you just look at uh, John White, who had 22 carries last week. So <laughs> yeah. it just goes to show you how they are uh, really using him there. He, his yards per carry is uh, four and a half yards, and that's taken down by a rough week against Hamilton in weeks one, week one when he had uh, six carries for 12 yards. So we'll, we'll see if they really use him this week. I think they're going to have to start figuring something out there. But do, mm-hmm. you, do you think Tyrell Sutton 
is a fit in Ottawa? And what about Cresden Butler going back to Saskatchewan after Solomon Means and his performance last week? That that one I was thinking to myself when I read the name uh, that that they released him like he he was serviceable in, in Regina and from what we saw last week from Means it's like oh I, I think it would be an up, uh, upgrade how much of one don't know it might be a lateral move uh, at the same time he's like I said he's been around he can contribute uh, to any defense really and you know even if he comes in and maybe doesn't get the playing time he can kind of be like one of those uh you can be like a mentor and, and you know help the younger the younger dbs uh learn the game it, it, it's tough to play db in the cfl it's a little ridiculous oh, with yeah. the waggle and and the speed so uh you know it just might be some uh adjustments that need to be made to a to a player's uh, techniques and stuff like that and he could be the guy that could help out too i don't know if you want to bring him in just to do that but i, I think he would play and he'd probably be an upgrade and maybe you know he could means could sit down and you know watch and, and learn and practice too. The Bombers have signed defensive back Dondre White Wright, who was a second round pick for the Alouettes in 2017. It looks like Chris Matthews is going to miss this game. He hasn't been practicing. It looks like he has a finger injury. So it looks like uh, Charles Nelson has been practicing in his spot and Kenny the King Lawler. <laughs> My favorite new player in the Canadian Football League, Kenny the King Lawler. Puppies! <laughs> I was waiting for that. I don't know why I did that. I'm so No, that's great. Sorry. Now we have to put an explicit on, on the uh, episode <laughs> description. Thanks for that. So much for being a family show. <laughs> uh, Adam Bingle has not been practicing and actually looks like he could miss a second straight game. Uh, Matt Nichols, however, has been practicing after leaving last week's game in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You called me from, you, you told me, you must be from Saskatchewan since you like, you know, special teams players that don't contribute anywhere else. <laughs> Mike Miller was named a performer of the week along with Trey Roberson and William Stanback. I just got to say, I am so happy that we had a special teams player and a defensive player mm-hmm. finally get recognized as players of the week because Roberson had a hat trick of interceptions earlier in the season and they ignored and that. Didn't get named. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, when I saw the the uh, players or the performance of the week, sorry, uh, come out, I was pleasantly surprised. You know, with Mike Miller, with all the, did he not set a single game record for special teams tackles? And then Trey Roberson with the two it. picks or tied it. Yeah, like I mean. Just the unsung hero. Well, I guess Trey Robeson not so much, but Mike Miller just unsung heroes getting getting their getting their due uh, for play, for, sorry performers of the week. Okay, so the Argos lose against Hamilton by fifty. They lose mm-hmm. by twenty five mm-hmm. to Saskatchewan. They lose by one last week. I don't think they can lose by half a point. <laughs> What do the Argos have to do to win? Because the the Bomber defense, they seem to not mind giving up yards, but they are mm-hmm. not giving up points. No, um, they need to figure out their quarterback situation because James Franklin was not good. McLeod Bethel-Thompson hasn't been that much better. And, and when you have guys like S.J. Green and Darrell Walker and you can't get them the ball, uh, it's it just seems like a complete waste of money. Well, hold on. I, I here. don't. I, I don't mean that. 
as an insult to those two guys. But if you can't get them the ball, I mean, then what? What? I don't get what the Argos are trying to do. I, I get they're trying to win football games, but we need they need to figure out they need to figure out what's going on because I mean. Macbeth has shown flashes that he can be a really good quarterback in this league, and then he'll go out the next week and throw three picks. But you can also argue that he had a better game than Mike Riley last week. He had 75% completion, yep. uh, over 300 yards. He did have the touchdown mm-hmm. and the pick. It, w- what's interesting is that Armani Edwards is currently this team's leading receiver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Armani Edwards. I mean... I'm I'm not insulting him, but how long can the the team you know continue to do what they're doing when he's the leading guy? Well, if he's going to be the leading guy, this team isn't making the playoffs. Well, I I, I think that's I think that's safe to say. Uh, you got to think Darrell Walker and SJ Green are drawing those two, uh, yeah. the two the two best corners. So I mean, it's leaving Armani Edwards with a, with a favorable matchup, uh, which is great. But you have to find a way to get Walker and Green going, and you know your big horses have got to run at some point. Do the Argos have a chance here? Nope. <laughs> no, isn't that what you said last week about uh, Montreal and Hamilton? Isn't that what you said last week about Montreal and Hamilton? <laughs> I, I think that the Argos they're probably going to put up a fight, but in Winnipeg, ugh. Winnipeg wins this going away. It's going to be the only question is like which which bombers do you want on your fantasy team? Um well we'll get to that later cuz I have a bit of a screwball to throw at you. Okay, I, I like screwballs. The the Argos have given up seven pass touchdowns. Uh they are giving up more than 380 yards a game through the air. Mm-hmm. But then you Compare that to Matt Nichols, who isn't the biggest yardage guy in uh, in the CFL, but he ended up, you know, having himself a nice game last week. But guess who is leading the league? Leading the league in passing touchdowns. The Bombers are tied with Hamilton at eight passing touchdowns right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, you look at the, Winnip- the Winnipeg's passing touchdowns. I mean, Lucky Whitehead. Yeah. yeah, that 75-yard was a lot of yak. Um, but, I mean, Matt Nichols is starting to throw downfield and making it fun to watch the Bombers <laughs> play offense. It used to be just dink and dunk, and maybe Darvin Adams would get behind the defense at some point. Uh, but now he's just throwing it up, and it's it's a lot of fun, and it's putting a lot of pressure on defenses uh, because they can't just they can't just focus on stopping that pass because – Surprise, uh, Andrew Harris will rip off a 15-yard run yeah. out of the backfield if you're going to do that. So, I mean, they're just, the way that offense is put together is just so it, – it just they complement each other with the pass and the run so well. And now that they're starting to stretch the field, it's going to open up a lot of things for Andrew Harris and, and the guys underneath. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial. And what they do every single month is awesome. They give away 50 grand. Holy man, they give away two prizes of $20,000 plus a $5,000 bonus prize. All you have to do is go in and make a deposit. I mean, you got to find the money first if you're taking the bottles in and you got 10 I actually went to the bank and I was I went to the ATM. They said, "Hey, come on in." 
and uh, deposit it in here, and you got a chance to win yourself some cash. So that's what I did. <laughs> so ATB.com. St- wait, you still get checks? I had cash for some reason. I can't remember why. Like I, I said, cash I, probably, on me. I probably took the yeah. bottles in. <laughs> I, I had cash on me when I woke up on Sunday, and I looked at my bank slip and realized I took out a bunch of money at the casino. <laughs> so I didn't. I, I won ten dollars. It wasn't winnings I had in my wallet. It was just oh, yeah, the money okay. I didn't spend. Okay. <laughs> so just imagine Brazilian tie. You win twenty grand. What are you doing with it? Hiring somebody to finish my baseboards and window trim for sure. Because I'm getting really tired of doing that. Yeah. And uh, put the rest down on my truck like a responsible adult. I'm kind of disappointed. Maybe put like five grand on black or something. (laughs) Oh, no. No, no, no. If I were to win 20 grand tonight, I'd be going to the fair and it'd all be gone playing crown and anchor. Or it'd be doubled up. (laughs) Perfect. <laughs> Get all the details on uh, on winning that cash from ATB Financial. It's awesome what they do. ATB.com slash deposit. On to Ottawa. Oh, this is going to be an interesting one. The Montreal Alouettes head into Ottawa looking for uh, looking to make it two wins in a row here. I don't think this one's exactly surprising. I don't know how they're doing it, though. Luke Broder-Jordan is now an assistant for the offensive line. They basically said he's been in that role for two years already, Mm -hmm. but with the coaches The Andy Fantuz rule. What are we missing? Um, That they can go over the cap and it's just a fine, I guess. Uh, Well... I, they can go over the monetary cap. I don't know about the personnel, the number of personnel, because he is now the twelfth assistant coach. Uh, so somebody has to get fired. As, well, when the as, league goes, from what the I team. can read, that's also fair. So, are you saying? Are you saying there's collusion? This is what we call the fix. <laughs> ah, yes, the fix. Is, ah, yes, is in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, quite. <laughs> Next thing you see, Mike Riley will be in Montreal, traded for Boris Beatty. If that happens, I am out. <laughs> you quit the show? I quit. <laughs> if there is another Eric Tillman trade like that, I'm done. <laughs> uh, linebacker Chris Ackey is signed with the Montreal Alouettes. That is a big deal for this team. He was traded to Ottawa last year basically as a rental for a second-round draft pick. Now he's back. So, Ty, give Cavis kudos right now. No. Why? Because this happens all the time. All the time? You see guys get traded at the deadline for as for a rental, and then they end up not resigning, and they come back to their original team that traded them. It's not that big of a deal. Granted, <laughs> th- this makes Cavus look like a freaking genius compared to what else he's done. <laughs> not, not, not including free agency because, I mean, Taylor Loeffler is a great pickup. But I mean, everything else that he has done since he's been there, this makes this is the best movies made, second best movies made. What's the first? So best I'll movie? give him that. Oh, signing Taylor Loeffler in the offseason. <laughs> you love him just as much as I love Drew Willie. Taylor Loeffler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's the man. So is he Drew. Is, he, is, he is the ch- he is the Chance Benz Miller of the CFL. He's just so cool. 
<laughs> and speaking of Taylor Loeffler, they've pulled him off the six-game injured list, and he's going to play. So they had to make some moves to because they got to pay. There's going to be no mm-hmm. cap relief there. They released wide receiver Felix Faubert-Lucier, which is really interesting because he was starting last week to getting released. Uh, TJ Graham, linebacker Jason Hall, and defensive lineman Fabian Foot. They've also put linebacker Glenn Love on the six-game injured list. How, how much is Taylor Loeffler making? Well, you know he's getting a lot. <laughs> I bet you it's close to two hundred. Oh la, that's a lot. That's a lot of guys just to get Taylor Loeffler. Well, I'm sure that's not. I'm sure that's not the minimum amount of room. I mean, well, the I'm Chris sure Aki had to get there. paid too. But I, but then yeah, Aki also has to get paid. So yeah, like, <laughs> but I mean, Aki's pretty good. And, you know, you put Taylor Loeffler back there, and it changes the uh, the the whole identity of that defense. So All of a sudden, they have – I feel like they have momentum now. Like, I Which know it's scary. just one win. It's hard not to overreact to it, but they've got a big opportunity here to shift the power balance in the East. Well, let's not get crazy. Oh, that's not crazy! <laughs> They're going up against Dominic Davis. Okay. Yes, like they're gonna win this week, but let's not let's not let's not call them world beaters. And they're gonna they're gonna finish first in this division. Devere Posey has returned to practice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Campbell missed Tuesday's practice. I think he was back mm-hmm. on Wednesday, but that might be a situation to watch in the Alouette secondary. And speaking of secondary quarterback Hugo Richard was practicing at safety. So it looks like maybe they're going to try him out around uh, the field and try to get some depth, or Canadian depth at other positions and take advantage of his athleticism. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting, and too. And next year, next year they're going down to two quarterbacks, right? So right. this might give him a chance to stay on the roster as well. We saw it in Saskatchewan. Bennett was making special teams tackles. So mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of teams are probably going to try this. And Antonio Pipkin was actually back practicing, but Vernon Adams still got the majority of the reps with the starters and is expected to start against Ottawa. As for Ottawa goes, they made some changes. Kick returner Ryan Lankford got released. He had a rough game against mm-hmm. Winnipeg last week, especially with the Justin Medlock were getting a, a oh. that punt out of bounds. Yeah. And they've also signed linebacker Jeff Knox Jr. to their roster. So both teams making some moves and kind of trying to beef up before this big game. I mean, the, the Red Blacks, I feel like if they shut down William Stanback, then they should have Montreal under control. I, I would I would agree with that. I, and, you know, you can never – it's never a bad thing to add to your linebacking whether it be, you know, starters or depth, it, it, it's always good. I mean, it's a super physical position. Guys, you know, have to miss plays all the time. Uh, you know, kick returners, unless you are a Brandon Banks or a Steph Logan, you're not going to get forgiven for a lot of things, no. for a lot of mistakes. And that mistake was huge, uh, and it made Ryan Langford look really bad. And that's – and, you know, Ottawa was quick, and, and he was gone, so – I mean, both these moves make perfect sense to me. Now, Ottawa is given up pretty much, I think it is exactly uh, 100 yards on the ground a game. 
and I believe they've given up six rushing touchdowns so far, which ties for the worst with Calgary and mm-hmm. Hamilton, surprisingly. So maybe Stanback can have himself another nice game here, but there actually is a pretty good linebacking core in Ottawa, and no Thorpe against his old team. I know they've had, well, probably seven or eight coaches since then, but... Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, well, and, and I mean, Pruneau, like, yeah, you look at the linebackers and, and, and even the defensive line uh, for Ottawa isn't terrible, uh, but the safeties like to come up too and get involved in the play. So you've got like Antoine Pruneau uh, give Sam back some trouble too. I, I still find it hard to trust anyone from Ottawa in my lineup just, just yet. I was actually tempted to start Dom Davis, but because mm-hmm. the Owls are giving up over 400 yards through the air so far, and mm-hmm. I, I just I can't do it. Not after last week. I know, and I I feel like I, I don't know if I'm overreacting to last week, but I have a tough time doing it. I mm-hmm. really don't mind R.J. Harris or Dominic Rhymes, though. They seem to be getting a lot of targets and. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I won't trust Sinopoli either just because of the amount of money he costs. Well, 81-30, to put him in your lineup, he's played 16 games uh, against Montreal, averaged 4.8 points. Like, that's not great. Interesting. And then uh, Moses Mandu in his two games, though, has averaged 20.8 and is only 63-70. Very interesting because, mm-hmm. but but Mo, Madu, <laughs> I know yeah. it was against Winnipeg. I, I I know that, but he only had six carries. the the mm-hmm. The Red Blacks need to get back to what they did with Madu earlier when they were yep. giving him you know twenty carries, and and you know start winning the battle in the line of scrimmage, and the rest will come. That's what this game is going to be. Uh, both teams have played with all Canadian offensive lines, and both teams at times this season have just rushed the ball so much. Mm-hmm. I think that this game could be the hardest hitting game of the week. Uh, mm, yeah, probably. Especially, especially if my boy Taylor Loeffler is going to be in the lineup. <laughs> Where's your Loeffler Alouettes jersey? Oh, it might be in the mail. You don't know that. <laughs> it is a uh, doubleheader on Saturday. It's at Tim Hortons Field, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, home to the Calgary Stampeders. Oh, man. Trey Roberson has five picks in three games. Now, the record was set by Al Brenner in 1972 when he had 15 interceptions. At that time, he had four interceptions in three games to start the year. I'm not saying... But I'm saying Trey Roberson's on a historic pace right now. How many games in 1972? Well, I don't think they were playing 18. Uh, they were playing 16 fair. at the time. So, yeah, it's just under one per game. Then, like, yeah, that's it's that impressive. Could, could get interesting. It's going to get real interesting. Well, here we go. The, the West actually played 16 games, but the East played 14. Oh, yeah, because the West travel was so much easier, right? (laughs) So I I feel like 
when we get to the 16 game mark, we'll have to look at Trey Roberson and see, mm-hmm. hey, what you did. I, I think he'll finish with something closer oh, to yeah. 10 or 11. Because guys are going to stop throwing over there. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's right? going to be a thing, yeah. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're going to be like, well, he, he had two last week and three the week, but yeah, let's just not target over there today unless, you know, we can get behind him or, you know, run a pick play that hopefully doesn't get called. <laughs> uh, the Calgary Stampeders went into last week's game against Saskatchewan very banged up, but then all of a sudden they looked like what they looked, they looked like, like the, last yeah, year. They looked like the Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah. totally did. Uh, Juwan Breskison was practicing but he is still questionable for Saturday's game. As for Hamilton, Sean Thomas Erlington had surgery on his knee. They're saying it's not an ACL injury, so he's on the six-game injured list. They're hopeful he'll be able to return before the end of the season. Uh, Simone Lawrence had his hearing on Tuesday. It was 10 hours long. They're hoping to have a decision by Saturday's game, but there are people expecting him still to suit up for this game. Ten oh. hours. What is there to figure out? D- nothing. I I get that they have the right to appeal, the whole union aspect of it, but ten hours is ridiculous. The fact that we've had to wait this long for this hearing is ridiculous, and the fact there's still no decision is an absolute joke. I'm hoping... It's making my head hurt. I'm hoping that they'll figure it out, but I feel like if it doesn't come out by the end of day Thursday, they're not going to. They're not going to say on Friday when the depth charts are out that he's he's playing. So yeah. if it doesn't happen early on Thursday, Simone's playing. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we're not we're not going to get an uh, an Adrian Wojnarowski tweet at 2 a.m. Yeah, Saturday morning saying that he signed with the Clippers. I mean that he's playing. <laughs> Uh, Braylon Addison was at practice, so he's set to be playing uh, again on Saturday. I think that that gives a little bit of a hit to uh, Jalen Acklin, who had a big game last mm-hmm. week. He's still twenty five hundred on TSN CFL Fantasy, but now all of a sudden, I'd call, I'd put him fourth in the pecking order, but to, behind Banks, Tasker, Addison, and Acklin. But you know, anything could happen when uh, they want to spread the ball around. And, hey, maybe they do want to avoid Trey Roberson, so all of a sudden he moves up that pecking order a little bit. Yes. Well, I mean, the the, the receivers they have in Hamilton is just, it's not fair, <laughs> if we're being completely honest, right? Uh, and we, we see the same thing in Calgary where it seems it doesn't matter who gets hurt. There's somebody to replace them, and they're just as good. Uh, but, yeah, Ackland... Heck of a week last week, but if Braylon Addison's going to be in, I mean, the top, their top three receivers, uh, and then Jones and Coombs become more of that complementary role, and I don't know if there's room for Acklin there. Now, we got to talk about the running back position. Who are you trusting more uh, in your fantasy lineup, Malik Irons or Anthony Coombs? I want to say Irons because I think he will get the start at running back. Uh, I, I know we saw Coombs come in and do his thing, uh, but if they want to get Irons going and get the run game going to help out Masoli, not that he needs it uh, with the receivers he has, 
I think I th- I think I I think I take Irons uh, and Coombs. Like I said, becomes kind of that complementary uh, receiver uh, on the depth chart, like either fourth or fifth option kind of idea. Now Coombs got the bulk of the work last week, and he looked really mm-hmm. good. He he does add an extra uh, threat at receiver. It's, it's going to be. I wonder. Sorry, I want. I wonder if that's more of the of the idea that he's the he's a veteran, and for him to come in middle of the game, or well, I guess not middle, but start of the game uh, when you know Malik Irons wasn't getting the number one reps all week leading in because of because obviously Sean Thomas Erlington was, but now we've had a week where Malik Irons, if he is going to start, he's been getting te- first team reps. So I wonder if the, that Coombs thing was because he was the veteran presence. Well, and I think that Irons probably had more uh, special teams duties that he had practiced mm-hmm. all week. Yes, and things might be different this week. I, I, I feel like there's more of a likelihood that Coombs has a bigger game, like a a 35 point monster breakout. But there's also more of a likelihood that he he does nothing, like two catches for gets- twelve yards. He gets like six targets, two catches for yeah, twelve yards, and maybe a lost fumble. So uh, it'll be interesting to see when the depth chart comes out tomorrow from the Tiger Cats. But uh, both of them come under four thousand dollars, so mm-hmm. you're not putting a big investment with either player there. This is going to be a really interesting game here. The Calgary Stampeders. Uh, uh, what are we going to get from them? Because Nick Arbuckle, he's got what ninety percent completion percentage so far this this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Ty Cats can't yeah, overlook them. Those those numbers are bound to hold up throughout the year, right? <laughs> he's ready to set a record, man. <laughs> oh, could you imagine? <laughs> oh, no, man. and they can't they can't overlook them. Like, you have to come into every game. Uh, you know, you can't be looking at next week because we've seen it. I don't know if that's necessarily what happens, but we see a team come in and they, they just seem unprepared for the matchup against a team that they should beat 100% of the time and, and they lose that football game. So you definitely can't overlook Nick Arbuckle and, and the weapons he has in Eric Rogers and Begleton and Ambles and, uh, you know, Terry Williams out of the backfield and Kadeem Carey too. I mean, like there's just there's just so many options for him and so many weapons that he can use that uh, – you know, you could have another great week. So up until last week, the the Tiger Cats rushing defense was okay. But then William Stamback comes out and just absolutely <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. lit them up. And I don't know if that shows teams that you can run on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but they gave up 100 yards to William Powell in week one. I guess 200 yards to William Stamback yeah. last year. And all that considered, they now give up the most rushing yards per game at 144 yards. They give up Which over is six, not ideal. No, they give up over six yards a carry, and they've given up six touchdowns so far, tied for the worst in the league. I feel like Kadeem Carey is just going to be getting a bigger responsibility every week from the Stampeders. And at $4,500, I know Terry Williams might be taking some of the snaps away, but they really like what he does on returns. Mm-hmm. Carey is a really enticing option here. Uh, very much so. Uh, if he is the starter, 
I believe he's only worth twenty five hundred dollars, or is he's it thirty five hundred? Forty five hundred. I mean, and if if he's going to get fifteen to twenty carries and get put up some yards and maybe a touchdown, it's well worth it. All right, who are you picking to win the four games? Okay, uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, Calgary. I'm gonna agree with every single one there. This what is wrong with this year? I don't know. I I, I it's am. Er, kinda, it's early though. There's a part of me that kind of wants to pick BC. I thought about it, but I mean Edmonton coming off the bye, not quite the advantage, uh, not quite the home field advantage BC usually has uh, with teams coming in their middle of the season. All right, what's your fantasy lineup look like? Okay, Moses Madu, Andrew Harris. Darvin Adams, Lamar Durant, like stay hot, and Quan Bray, and, and wait, no the quarterback. Ball, the screwball is Chris Trevler at quarterback. Oh, well, sell me on it. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just they get to that goal line situation. And, and, you know, they're not going to give the ball to Andrew Harris. It's going to be Strevler. I'm going out on a limb here, going a little bit cheaper. Uh, so I get Moses Madu and Andrew Harris in that lineup. And, yes, I, and we don't know, like, yeah, Nichols has practiced all week and, and he's looked good and looks okay. Uh, I'm just just hedging a bet, really. If, if Nichols gets hit again like he did and he has to leave the game, I mean, we've seen Strevler come in and win football games on his own. Almost, it seems. So I'm just hoping to vulture some touchdowns and and maybe you get a surprise third-down conversion pass or something like that. So I do have Matt Nichols, so I really hope you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. <laughs> but at the same time, they could end up with the same points. I know. I know. They totally which, could. Yeah. <laughs> so I got Matt does Nich- average more. I got Matt Nichols, William Stanback, Kadeem Carey, Ricky Collins, Darvin Adams and Anthony Coombs leaves me with $104 mm-hmm. in my TSN CFL fantasy lineup. And, you know, well, I mean, Standback was over $9,000, but without a defense, like if I was trying to fit a defense in this week, I don't even know where I would start. Um, maybe. Montreal? I yeah, at thirty, that's still thirty-eight forty-three. I mean, you're not going to start Ottawa. Uh, you could. Uh, you don't want to start Hamilton against Calgary. You definitely don't want to start Edmonton against Mike Riley. You don't want to start Calgary against Jeremiah Masoli, and you don't want to stop. Well, you could start Winnipeg, but that's I mean, expensive. they're sixty-two. They're sixty-two hundred and fifty-one dollars going up against. Yeah, and that's great, but they might only get you nine points. Yeah, and that's not worth it. No. You need the touchdown. Yes. Which and is very they're possible. Only, <laughs> they're only defensive touchdowns. You don't get points. Like All the special team points go to the returner. So yeah, kind of get screwed there. Oh, week five is totally an interesting one. Who are your top picks at each position? Well, if you, I had to go career average because there's only like five guys who've started against the teams they're playing this week out of the eight quarterbacks. Wow. <laughs> but, but, I mean, so the top starting average is Trevor Harris at 21.4 in the eight games that he started. Uh, but Strevler in his career, 21.5. Uh, 
uh, in games he's played. Mike Riley, 21.3 in his career, 15.9 in the starts. Jeremiah Masoli, also at 15.9 in four starts against Calgary, 20 points in his career average. Uh, I think Moses Madu at 20.8. I mean, Chris Rainey at 20.9, probably not going to get that. Uh, James Wilder Jr. at 18.3. Andrew Harris at 15.9. And then when you look at receivers, Darrell Walker, 26.4 in six games against the Bombers, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's it's about 10 points more than his average. Uh, Darvin Adams almost doubles his average at 23.6. And uh, Reggie Bagleton at 18. And then Greg Allenson, just because, uh, you know, with the uh, chemistry he has, with Trevor Harris at 16.6 in the 12 games that he has started against BC. You're going to have this on 2andout.ca? It will be up either late tonight or early-ish tomorrow morning, depending right. on depending on if this storm knocks all of my internet out. <laughs> all right, awesome. Uh, hey, Kyle Marshall put together a recap of Saskatchewan's loss against Calgary last week up on 2andout.ca. You can find all the podcast episodes there as well. And I guess uh, I should mention that it's you versus me in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. Not not going to be a lot, lot of love lost this week, eh? <laughs> so we got the two bomber quarterbacks going against each other. If I beat you, you're going to be so mad. Man, uh, I'm going to copy your lineup and just put nickels in. You, uh, you can't. Because I can't afford it? Nope. Damn! <laughs> I've only got three hundred. Only got three hundred and ninety bucks left. Oh no! <laughs> so suck it, Travis. I gotta copy your lineup and change one player. That is it. <laughs> okay, you, you, you do that and let me know how it goes. But let's be honest. Now that I remember that I'm playing you, I'm probably gonna change some stuff. <laughs> and you won't tell me. <laughs> No, I will not. <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Check out the Perspectives YYC podcast. It is all about Calgary culture. David is the host of Perspectives YYC, and he interviews artists and creative people in the city of Calgary. Man, he's got some talented people on that podcast, so check it out, perspectivesyyc.com. And the rest of the Alberta Podcast Network and Alberta Podcast network.com if you need any tickets for cfl concerts nhl coming up in the fall seatgiant.ca use the promo code apn you're going to save yourself five percent and uh you're going to support the network in the process so seatgiant.ca canadian owned and operated everything in canadian funds use the promo code apn P-N. Brazilian Thai, how many Slurpees are you going to drink by the end of 7-Eleven Day? Ooh, am I going to be hungover tomorrow is a question, because if I am, the number is going to be high. <laughs> Rate, review, on all of the podcast pr- platforms, and we will talk to you Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.